Welcome to the What If Podcast, where we rewrite sports past, present, and future. We're your hosts, Eddie, Jeet, Cameron, and Michael. Four lifelong friends, each with a unique perspective on sports. And find out, what if Eddie Moongai owned the New York Knicks? Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the What If Sports Pod. Today, we have an interesting topic for you, but before we get into it, we have to say it's someone's birthday. So we just want to say happy birthday to our own beloved Michael Kelly. And to honor him, we wanted to share some of the most memorable stories we've had in our long friendship. I'll start. So one time, this is kind of weird, <laughs> honestly, but uh, one time I was in my house, Michael, Karen, and Eddie were outside my house, I guess, waiting for me to come out. And then I walk out and then for some reason, Michael's peeing in my yard. <laughs> and then I'm like, Michael, what's going on here? And then he was like, I just had to go. So Michael peed in my yard one time. <laughs> and I haven't forgotten that. So that's my Michael story. So that was the first thing that came to your mind when you thought about Michael Kelly. That's yeah. Funny. Proud of that, I suppose. Uh, for the record, if I can have my say real quick. I think we were waiting for a little bit. I didn't think G was at his house and uh, we were just waiting. So you gotta go, you gotta go. So that I did. And I'm pretty sure it was city of St. Louis property, but we'll leave that, we'll leave that there. We may take that out because I may be in trouble, but we'll see. <laughs> All right, well, that's my story. How about you, Cameron? Yeah, so I think this one might be Michael's worst pun that he's ever made. Uh, as you guys know, Michael is not short on the amount of puns that he brings to the table each and every conversation. He's always trying to find new ways to play with words. So we were taking a college trip up to uh, the university I ended up going to, which was Grayson University. And so Michael tagged along with me. So it was me and him and my dad. We, there was like an honors day there. And so you'd go into each of these rooms and there was a bunch of like former students and stuff there and current students that you could ask questions to and ask questions about the school and everything. And so we go in there and we're sitting there. I, I'm very familiar with the university. My parents both went there. Michael was not. He, I think, I don't know why you ended up coming with us. You were just along for the ride, just hanging out. So we're sitting in there and we're introducing myself. I said, you know, hi, I'm Cameron. I'm from St. Louis. It's awesome being up here, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So then Michael is up and he goes, hi, I'm Michael Kelly. And I'm from St. Louis also. And I'm here with Cameron. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to come up and see what all the buzz was about. The thing that Michael didn't know is that Graceland is the Yellow Jackets. <laughs> 
So everyone in the room thought he was making a pun and he was totally oblivious, had no idea that he had just made this pun about the buzz at Grayson University. So that was pretty funny. Michael, what do you have to say for yourself? You know, Cameron, love that story. I take pride whenever I come up with a good pun, but I'm an honest man. I honestly did not know what I said, like kind of how you mentioned, was actually in reference to their mascot. And there was very scattered laughter. It wasn't even laughter. (laughs) I feel bad for this guy. He tried to say a joke that wasn't very good. So probably about three of 18 people gave a nice little chuckle. But yeah, I take pride in that day. I'm pretty sure I facepalmed or something, shook my head. I'm pretty sure you left the room. Like you sat with me the rest of the time. Just said, I don't know this guy. That's right. But yeah, quite a day. Pun game was was strong that day, so I'm happy. What you got, Eddie? Yeah, I had one and then I started thinking of another one. So I'll just share two real quick. So the first one, there was a house party that we went to in high school and it was like Halloween or something. And I remember I was not allowed to go out that night for whatever reason. I said I wasn't gonna be out that long. But anyways, we went to this house party and you know, I was like intent on leaving so early. So Michael and I, we were like in a scavenger hunt and we we're in the same group. So we were in the car with uh, two other people in this scavenger hunt, two other girls. And wherever the scavenger hunt led us, it was like feet away from my house. So we went to a Walgreens and I was telling Michael, yo, like this Walgreens is just right up the street from my house. We could literally ditch them. And like, Michael was like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. But I just, I just didn't have the guts to do it. But um, just that whole night, you know, we went to the McDonald's that was like right across the street from my house, another place. And we're like, yeah, let's go, let's go. But we never did. But I just thought that was so funny how we had plans to do it, but you were definitely egging me on. I wish I listened though. It would have been funny. Second story was senior year, prom. I did not have a date for prom. I just decided not to. And Michael, I don't think had a date either, but we we were basically, we were dates for prom and that was just a whole cool experience. I know we're, we're acting like dates sometimes. I think we held hands for a short period, <laughs> but yeah, that whole experience, that was the best prom. So having Michael there, you always know it's gonna be a good time. So yeah, those are my two stories. Hey, we were in it together that night, Eddie. If I'm not mistaken, I this may have been like another scavenger hunt with like that friend group and stuff like that, but. Did we also go to Oberweiss? Eddie, do you remember that by chance? We did. Oh, you're so right. There are low moments of, you know, how embarrassing things can get for me, but I think one of them was I sang, um, it was a very interesting night. I sang Let It Be yes. for, for a song to serenade uh, an employee at Oberweiss. Don't know when this happened, if it was before or after, but I ended up saying thank you, sir, to her by accident oh no (laughs) it was a weird night but eddie you and i were in it together my friend 
we could have pulled it off. We could have pulled it off. We could have, but it's all good. So is that your story about yourself, Michael? You know, it's a safe face. Let's keep it at that. Well, that's Michael Kelly for you. He'll he'll pee on your lawn. Yeah. He'll make fun of your school. <laughs> he'll call an Overwatch employee, uh, sir, and he will. Uh... I got one more thing, G. Yeah. I think we all three of us could say this. That's why it wasn't one of my stories, but Michael will be the nicest person on the planet to you outside of a soccer field. Oh. But man, <laughs> you get this man inside a soccer pitch. This dude is the most aggressive, like yells at refs and is so like loud and angry at the world. It's very interesting. Once you get into the soccer field, it's like a, you're looking at a different person. That's, that's Michael Kelly for you. Yeah. Michael, what's your response? Duality. Two sides of the same coin. Deep, deep. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, I think the moral of the story is Michael's going to do a lot of stuff, but at the end of the day, when you need a date to prom, he's going to be there for you. So thank you for being you, Michael. Thank you, guys. Much appreciated. Happy birthday, Michael. Yeah, happy, happy birthday. Thank you. Happy to spend it with y'all. And that's our segue somehow to this episode <laughs> <laughs> where we talk about Eddie and, <laughs> and uh, what it would be like if he owned the New York Knicks. So uh, be sure to like, subscribe, rate, review, all the things. Without further ado, or without further ado, let's get into it. Hello, everyone. Today's what if. So let me think about why I decided on this topic. A few days ago, I was just thinking, what team most needs a new owner in the NBA? You guys have any ideas of what team most needs the new owner? The Knicks. Yeah, that was my first guess. That was the exact same thing I was thinking. So I was like, hmm, so the Knicks need a new owner. Who could own the Knicks and lead them to their former glory? And I was thinking about the people I know, because I'm sure that someone I know is probably going to be considered for the Knicks ownership. Who do I know that has the most managerial experience? So I started thinking of the four of us. And then I was thinking, hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> what if the guy bought the New York Knicks? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Eddie, you look dapper right now in this. Look at Char, man. <laughs> Too funny. So the reason why I thought this is because Eddie has a consistent history of success in FIFA manager mode. <laughs> Eddie has been playing for many years. He's had many teams that he's taken the reins of and led them to glory. He knows what it takes to build a great team from nothing. So that's why I thought if anyone buys the Knicks, I think it should be Eddie. 
So then I thought, okay, this was more of a test of how well do I know Eddie? What do I think Eddie would do if he was the owner of the Knicks? So the first thing I think Eddie would do is I think he'd hire a coach. This is a big decision for Eddie because he's very particular about the culture and the personalities that he wants in his team. For his coach, I think Eddie's going to want someone who, A, is a former player, and B, played for the Knicks at some point. I think those are two critical criteria for Eddie, because he wants someone who's connected to the Knicks culture. So, the person I thought Eddie would choose as the coach, Chauncey Billups. Wow. Chauncey played for the Knicks for a bit. Really sharp basketball mind, championship pedigree. He'll be well-respected by the players. He'll add an air of reliability and authenticity to the Knicks, which has been lacking that for a while. I don't think he has a coaching record yet, so he's like a fresh face. He's a new look. He has nothing bad in his past in terms of coaching. Flip side, he doesn't have anything good in his past in terms of coaching, so he's kind of like a a mystery in that regard, but I think that's going to allure Eddie to him. So I think Eddie would choose Chauncey Billups as his coach. So then the question is, how is Eddie going to build this team? And to answer that, I relied on two things. One, how does Eddie build his FIFA teams? And two, how does Eddie build his fantasy football teams? I think there are four principles that Eddie's going to keep in mind. He's going to want his team to embody New York. I think having a team that represents New York is important for him. And you'll also see this in some of Eddie's previous FIFA careers where he would pick teams where he would only scout places that have a geographical location to that team or who had some sort of connection to the city that he was managing in. Principle number two, high IQ. Eddie values high IQ players. Think Rajon Rondo. Eddie really liked Rondo this past year. Eddie likes Chris Paul. These are guys that Eddie wants on his team, and I think those are guys that he's going to seek out. Principle three, underrated and overlooked. And the big thing for this is in the very first year we ever did fantasy football, in Eddie's pick for the very first round, Eddie chose none other than Brandon Whedon. And when asked, why would you pick Brandon Whedon first? Eddie said, because I like the story. And that's what we need in New York. We need a story. So I think Eddie's going to look for those scrappy, underrated people, those people who have been chewed up and spit out from other teams, those people who people think, oh, they're done, they're past it. Eddie's going to go for those people and say, I will rehabilitate you. Principle number four, youth development. If there's anything that's consistent in Eddie's career modes, it's he wants to develop the youth. He often has youth players that grow into superstars. So he's going to want to do that with the Knicks as well. So these are the four principles that I think Eddie will build his team on. And what I would like to hear from you guys at the end is, do you agree with these principles? Do you think this is what Eddie values? Do you think this is how Eddie would build a team? Do you think these are the right principles to have when building a team? We'll discuss later on. So first, we're going to talk about that first principle of embodying New York. So I was thinking, What is New York? Like, if you had a player that really encapsulates the New York spirit. So what is the New York spirit, then, I guess is the question. One, it's got to be tough. Two, 
it's got to be a superstar. New York's a city of stars, the city of Broadway, the city of big lights. And it's got to be someone who's got a little bit of an arrogance about them, like someone who's got a bit of a swagger. So there were four people that I thought of that could fit the bill. First is Jimmy Butler, second James Harden, Joel Embiid, and then Kemba Walker. I think all these guys, they have a bit of a swagger about them. They've got a little bit of arrogance, maybe not so much Kemba, but he's from New York, so I think that would help embody New York. They all have that superstar. They want to be the guy on the team, you know? So these are the four guys that I'm thinking. Eddie's going to say, you know what? I want one of you guys to be the linchpin of the team. Okay, so that's principle one done. He's going to get one or multiple of these guys. Two, high IQ. Who are those really smart players that Eddie values that Eddie wants to get on his team? And I named two of them already, but there are three that I thought of. The first is Draymond Green, mostly because he's high IQ, but he also has that Michigan State connection. And then Rondo and Chris Paul. So I think all these guys are going to be kind of like the de facto leaders of the New York Knicks under Eddie's regime. Next up, underrated and overlooked. So who are the guys that you kind of laugh at when you see them on the other team, or you kind of think, ah, oh, they're done? Here are the four guys I thought of. KCP, and this is a picture of Marcus Morris, but I am intending to name Markeith Morris here, <laughs> just because Marcus happened to have a Knicks picture online. I think KCP and Markeith Morris, they're both guys on the Lakers that Eddie really values. He's always says, oh, I'm proud of this guy. Oh, I think this guy has grown tremendously. I think this guy is underrated. So I think those are two guys he's going to look for. Isaiah Thomas. I think this is more of a pick that I would choose. Maybe not so much Eddie. I think Isaiah Thomas is very underrated, very overlooked. But he's got a great spirit about him. So I think he'd be a good pick. And then DeMarcus Cousins. Everyone kind of thinks he's passed it after his injury. And I think this is the prime location where Eddie can say, Come to the Knicks, and we'll get you back up to speed, and you'll become a star again. And then finally, youth development. Who are those young guys that Eddie's going to want to get his hands on and really develop into a superstar? So there are four guys I thought of. One is Cassius Winston, because Eddie, again, that Michigan State connection. He knows Cassius. He knows that he's a leader. He's a scorer. He's a winner. And he knows that that's just going to blossom in the league. The other. Bold, bold. He's got the height. He's got the potential. He's got the heritage. He's got it all. Now it just needs to be developed. The last two are the two guys already on the Knicks. Frank, Nick, Nick, Frank and uh, RJ Barrett. They're both young players, high draft picks. Haven't reached their potential yet, but Eddie thinks that that's something that he can help with. He can help them hit that next level. I think based on this, I think Eddie would struggle in his first few years, but then eventually Eddie would find success as the owner of the New York Knicks. And the rest is going to be history. What do you guys think? Do you guys think these are the principles that Eddie would embody or that Eddie would instill in New York? And do you think these would be successful principles? I open the floor. I think you hit it spot on, G. I think Eddie, what would make Eddie's teams good and 
would be the biggest part of Eddie's teams is the culture. Eddie's a huge culture guy. He wants to bring in guys that are going to add to the culture. He wants positive energy. He wants toughness. He wants guys who just flat out want to win. I think you hit that spot on. So that was the biggest thing that jumped out for me. I agree. I think it would be a youth movement. Like giving people the second chance. Another player that came to mind that I think Eddie would embody and like, hey, come to New York. I got you. I got your back. Markel Fultz. I mean, the guy was really good in college, right? There's a reason he was picked number one. Eddie's going to put the hand over the shoulder, let him develop over a few years, let him grow into himself. I agree with your assessment, G. Maybe a few years, a little struggle, but that's okay. This is a project. And man, once these players fulfill their potential, which Eddie's the guy leading the charge in that way, it looks pretty good. I think Eddie also does value the culture element. You did, you, you hit that. Like you got that straight on. I think the hire of Chauncey Billups as coach like someone who knows the Knicks, someone who's a former player who has played for the Knicks and kind of gets it. And just a well-respected person within the league. I think that's a great hire. In terms of the high IQ players, yeah, Draymond and Rondo, Chris Paul, yeah, those are great players. I would like to think more on the youth development I agree that it's something that I, or that Eddie would prioritize. And um, yeah, I'm trying to think of more examples that Eddie would like in terms of youth development. I liked what you kind of said, Jeet, about the guys that are kind of underappreciated and underrated. Because in my mind, that's very much what a lot of Michigan State is. In that they're not considered one of the blue buds, but they're always there. They have a bunch of dudes that you never heard of. Izzo has them like fighting hard, always great defense, always in close games. They always have like the one or two guys that are just absolute bulldogs that are going to try to win no matter what. I think those like underappreciated guys that are like undervalued, like your Draymond Green, like your Zach Randolph, like these guys that come out of Michigan State. I mean, that's Eddie right there, right? That brings up my second point in saying, Eddie, would you consider Tom Izzo as your coach? Um, <clears throat> I would say no, because I think Eddie would like, I'll just say myself, I would like someone who is kind of going to be there for the long haul. And, you know, Tom Izzo, he's, he's up there in the age and also, I do agree that it may take a couple of years to be successful with the team. Knowing Tom Izzo and how he has such a strong legacy, I wouldn't want to tarnish that legacy at, at Michigan State, you know? If he gets poached by another NBA team, that's fine, but I would like someone young to sort of grow with the organization and help usher in that successful period even if it takes like three or four years to get better. Kind of like how, you know, the in-state rivals, like the Nets, you know, and how they hired Steve Nash. I mean, well, that, that's, that's kind of different because the team was already on the ascendancy when Steve Nash came, but 
I, I do like how they hired a young, unproven guy who is well-respected. And I think that kind of goes along with the trends of the NBA and the, the coaching hires. Saw that with Steve Kerr and Golden State, even before Steve Kerr, Mark Jackson. To answer your question, no, I wouldn't hire Tom Izzo. I'll look for someone younger. Eddie, if you became the owner of the Knicks, would you have selected, I think his name is Opie Topin from Dayton? Would you have made the same move if you were the owner of the yes, Knicks currently? because in terms of culture, I think he fits right into the culture. He's from New York. So for someone who is proud to wear a Knicks jersey, you know, I can get that sense from Opie. So definitely, I agree with that selection. Is there any players currently on the Knicks that you would not want to have on your team? Shoot, yeah. I'm trying to think of uh, the current roster. I don't know the current roster too well. All I know is that Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett and Frank Tilly Kana are on the team and Obi. But, like, yeah, I don't know who else is outside of that. I don't know about Randall. I think Randall needs to go to a team where they're already, right now, he's like the main guy. He's yeah. a veteran, if I'm not mistaken. I think they have Dennis Smith Jr. as well. Oh, okay. But they drafted uh, Emmanuel quickly also. Yeah, they have Dennis Smith Jr., Amari Spellman from Villanova, Austin Rivers. Oh, okay. Theo Pinson, Nerlens Noel. Nerlens Noel, wow. Kevin Knox? Don't know him. Yeah, I think I, I would take away Julius Randle. Because I kind of feel bad the way how he kind of left the Pelicans. I feel like he was like uprooted. Because he was already doing really well with the Pelicans. Yeah, I think Julius Randle should just go to a team where they already have like some established people. He should go to a team that's already a playoff contender. Well, there's not a lot of teams that are wanting to pay him all that money. Yeah. That's interesting that you said that about Randall, Eddie, because I feel like when you were a fan of the Lakers before you became the owner of the Knicks, I feel like you would have liked Julius Randall there. Is that fair to say? That motor, like, he's just got, like, that ferociousness. Very underrated because he's such a small forward. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. To be fair, I don't think I've really watched Julius Randle that much. Let's say if he was on the Lakers when like LeBron moved there, then I would have kept a close eye on Julius Randle. But I can't say there was ever a point where I watched Julius Randle in the NBA. Kentucky, yeah, I remember vaguely. But I trust your judgment on Julius Randle, him being underrated, him being like a gritty dude. I may have to reconsider that because those are things that I really value. I just want to make sure that they are proud to wear the jersey, that they are excited to represent the Knicks. And even when things get tough, even when things get difficult, I want to make sure that they're still in it 100%. And I get a sense that RJ Barrett is that kind of guy. I mean, I listened to his press conference. At the end of his press conference, it was like, Wow, I'm a Nick. 
And OB, like on draft day, he was literally in tears when he got drafted. He's so excited to join the Knicks. So we need people like that who are just excited to represent the team, the city, and bring it back. Be excited to play in Madison Square Garden. It's one of the greatest arenas in the country. You, you did a good job of, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. Psychoanalyzing Eddie. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you get to know someone after over a decade. <laughs> <laughs> Follow-up question, Eddie. Would you rebrand the Knicks? Change the name, change the jersey, change the colors? Well, first, before I say anything, as an owner, one needs to delegate and get a general consensus of what fans would feel about such a change. So maybe have some people conduct like a survey, like go out into the community and like maybe hold like a focus group of like a handful of Knicks fans, you know, ranging from like really hardcore supporter to like a casual fan. And then ask that question, like, how would you feel if the Knicks rebranded? What would you like to see if you would like to see a rebranding of the Knicks? What do you think of the color scheme? Do you think that's still good? Things like that, you know? I know the Bucks went through this whole rebranding when they got Giannis. They changed a lot of things. They changed the practice facility. They upgraded the arena. They made their social media platform a lot more relevant. And, you know, they went about changing their logo. You know, their logo before, it used to be like, red and dark green it just looked interestingly odd now it looks so sleek it's, it's just green and white it just looks so suave you know like that's just a massive rehaul and you know they've been making good runs in the playoffs so maybe that's something that could be done and i'm up for it like i would i would be up for it as an owner but I have to speak with individuals who are like ingrained in the culture. Maybe I have to talk to Spike Lee, maybe. <laughs> Do y'all think the Knicks logo looks kind of childish? Like very child like colors? Let me look at it. That's one of those things where the Knicks have been so just ingrained in history and like that logo and like that color scheme. I imagine it'd be really hard to like change, but I definitely think that you could modernize it for sure. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm going to soccer now, but like, teams with a lot of history, like Arsenal, they went through rebranding. They had the same badge up until like 2001 or something. And then that's where they changed to the badge that they have now. A lot of soccer teams have gone through this, but I know like soccer and, and basketball, like those are two different ball games and everything, but. You'd be up for the New York stage? I think so. The company that I work for, they're based in New York. And a lot of the employees that I'm like on Zoom with, they're from New York. And I, I was telling my my boss today, I was talking with him, I was like, when we have these meetings, all these New York people are talking and me, like from the Midwest, you kind of just like kind of wait for your turn to talk. But these New York people, they just kind of like talk over each other. 
So I've been learning to talk over people. That's what I was telling my boss. Like, yeah, I just need to, like, I've been trying to just insert myself and not wait for my turn. So slowly I'm learning about how to operate in New York. An intense group of people, that's for sure. Intense for sure, man. <laughs> my expectations. Oh, yeah. Not like being like the president of like the Cavaliers or somebody. Yeah, yeah. So, Eddie, if you had to rate Jeet's overall assessment about you as a Knicks owner, how did he do? Scale of one being awesome and 10 being awful, I give it a one. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. That, was, I, that was spot on. Yeah, kudos. My boy. I know my boy. <laughs> <laughs> Step cheat. That was fun. Thank you. This concludes the presentation. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the What If podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. Stay tuned as we continue to reimagine the world of sports. My boy, I know my boy.